Pete Yost here for the Unbuild It podcast with a word about our sponsor, Huber Engineered Woods. There are really three reasons why I think Huber Engineered Woods stands out, and it's a big part of why they're a sponsor of our Unbuild It podcast. First, they develop systems of products. The products are compatible and integrated. Makes our jobs a lot more easy in the field and when specifying. Second is superior tech support. There are really good website resources that they have developed for the application of their products, but they also have an outstanding uh, 800 number tech team that really knows their stuff. And the last is a really active technical research and development team with whom I've done a lot of work over the years and I have a lot of faith in the information I get from them when I have questions about product performance. So that's it. That's our high performance sponsor. Now onto the podcast. I'm Jake Bruton, and today on the Unbuild It podcast, I'm joined by three other builders that I respect, and we're going to talk about business. Let's jump right into the conversation now. I think each of us has determined in our own businesses that it is not fruitful to engage in the traditional bidding process. Um, Doesn't lead to good outcomes for both the builder or client, um, in my opinion. And we've each implemented a process to integrate project teams more completely on the front end vis-a-vis a a pre-construction services agreement. Uh, I think we would all agree there's tremendous benefit in having a project team aligned with each other well in advance of getting the project off the ground. Uh, And a pre-construction services agreement is the mechanism through which I accomplish that in my own business, but we might each have a different structure. So um, one of the things that I've begun to implement in my pre-construction services agreement is when a, I guess I'll take a step back uh, and say that in my experience, Without having a builder's perspective or contractor's perspective involved on the front end, you can easily lead a project down a path where you're going to incur and run into a tremendous amount of problems or roadblocks that are going to incur a cost or penalty in terms of time and expense. Um, Having the perspective of how to put something together in the most efficient, cost-effective way needs to be determined way up front. Um, And oftentimes architects and engineers and interior designers aren't necessarily able to see that because they don't interact with the materials like we do. Um, So I always try to propose to clients that a pre-construction services agreement is in their best benefit, even though it sometimes feels risky to them that they're signing up for a project and and a builder without quite knowing what the budget is. Um, So in my own business, I construct a pre-construction services agreement that is free of charge to clients. And I know that that's not the norm, but essentially what I say to them is, hey, I think there's a tremendous benefit to both you and me in having the project team aligned early on. I'm willing to come on board and consult with you free of charge, unless, of course, we off-ramp at some point, uh, you know, change of life circumstances on your end or you run into legal challenges with the city or municipality and the project doesn't take ground, then of course I'll recover my time if for whatever reason the project doesn't materialize. Uh, But I'm willing to come on board and consult with you through design and engineering for free uh, because I feel my team can add a tremendous amount of value to you 
Uh, but at the same time, if we have an advanced look at this project, we become more profitable. I can become leaner in the fee that I'm going to charge you. There's mutual benefits involved. Um, it's been a great tool for me as a new venture getting started because it almost you know, offers a client. It's, it's difficult for them to say no to that, especially if there's no cost to them up front. Um, and I've been you know, successful at converting four of the pre-construction services agreements that I've entered into into full-blown construction agreements. Um, and so I'm curious in each of your own businesses, how you structure that, how you do it differently. What do you see as the value of a pre-construction services agreement? So just to be clear before we move on, your pre-con is free to the client until they decide to not work with you. Correct. At, at which time then you already have a pre-agreed upon fee structure. Correct. So that you get compensated Correct. for your Correct. time. In, in the language of my pre-construction services agreement it says my time is being billed at X dollars per hour, but that cost is not incurred unless for some reason this contract is broken and the project does not materialize. Um, but the bet that I'm making is that I'm going to be able to demonstrate the value that I bring such that by the time we get two, three months into pre-construction, the clients will realize they're much better off having had this agreement in place. And this isn't, you know, from, from more of like the negotiating standpoint, I don't want to say that you, you begin to have a captive client, but their switching costs become higher and higher as they become more entrenched with your team. Uh, and if you're able to demonstrate that you're delivering that value, there's going to be no reason for them to off ramp. So long as you've qualified them, you've qualified the project. Um, so extremely effective tool that I think if, if more business owners could implement would find, you know, tremendous, um, I guess, transformations in their own businesses in terms of producing, um, um, producing, I guess, more qualified projects or leading to better outcomes. Um, because I think one of the problems that is, you know, trying to find the right words for this, that plagues the industry is that, traditional bidding competitive bid process that is solely based on dollars and nothing else. Um, it's a it's, race to the bottom. It is a race point. to the bottom. And in a way, I think, you know, I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of, of, you know, devaluing skilled work, but in some ways I think that's contributing to the fact that, you know, we're just, it's a race to the bottom trying to compress wages all across the board. Yeah. Um, Pre-construction services agreements are not the norm, but each of us has successfully integrated them into our own businesses. So I'm curious from your perspective, how you did that? When was the first time you did it? What was the sales conversation like with the client? Um, and what do some of the, the terms of that agreement look like within your own business? So you and I are fairly similar in this. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to hear you talk about uh, someone asking for an estimate versus someone getting a proposal. Yeah, I think, um, and, and we still get this, I, I think pre-construction agreements are not the norm, but they're becoming more normal, especially for, I think, really qualified builders and contractors. Um, I think someone who's not offering one, in my opinion, is probably not thinking through all the aspects of the build and might not be thinking through a really well-assembled you know, proposal. Um, so if someone asks me for a, an estimate or a proposal, um, what I... I normally say that the first phase is kind of assuming you have design, you have something we can actually look at and, and actually price, then we would go into a pre-construction, which is also another way of saying I call it a feasibility study. 
Um, so essentially, you are paying for our knowledge um, to essentially assemble a very thorough proposal that they get to keep and in, in own. It's very you know detailed um, scope of work and budget at that point. An estimate, um, because it's still not the normal. And sometimes I, I always I always put myself in the client's position. Like I don't do this every day. You know I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what is this going to cost. And you know before I I give this contractor some money to tell me how much it's going to cost. Like are we already way off? So I've tried to be really good in the beginning like, of, of estimating. But I also tell someone an estimate is, in my opinion, it's as good as what you pay for it. So if you don't pay much for it, it's probably not worth that much because we don't have all the details and we might not be on the same page. I can give so, you an estimate yeah, over the phone. Over the phone. In yeah, the first yeah. conversation, will, what it means you know, for me, little to nothing. As, as, as much as, as clients and as architects and as trades and builders, we're all, we're in a, a market right now that's just crazy. It's hectic. And, and so I want to respect my time. I also want to respect the potential client's time. And so I try to really take advantage of that first phone call. Um, and it's not trying to find out, hey, do you have a big budget or not? It's really, do, are you, am I the right fit? What we do, is that the right fit? And so before we even get to, I don't want, I don't, I tell everyone, I don't want anyone to enter into pre-construction because I don't want to waste your time if it's not going to be a, you know, a realistic fit. So I'm able to know the type of work we do, you know, whether it's a renovation or a new construction and within essentially the, 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 I'll say the realm that we we work in and the, and the quality we go for, there is a baseline for the most part. So I can kind of start there and um, I will have a open conversation. Like the only time we talk about cost per square foot or anything like that, which can be a very, that's a whole other topic. But I will, in that initial conversation, say, look, what you're talking about, I would I would recommend starting around X per square foot or your project might cost about this much. And that is a rough estimate because we don't even know all the details that you want to do yet, but that's the starting point. And kind of like, how does that take their temperature on that? If it's a, holy cow, we're, we're way off hundreds of thousand dollars, millions of dollars off. Then it's, Hey, I totally understand. If you're looking to do that, I can't really do that. There are other guys in our market that can, I'm not one. I recommend reaching out to them. And, that, and then we kind of part ways. Um, we, we've spent 15, 20 minutes on a phone call and, and I've helped put them in the right direction. If they are, if we are in a line, if, if there's a remote chance we're in, we're in alignment, then I'm going to say we need to schedule a time to really talk about this. Um, and I, I honestly, I kind of push the pre-construction agreement down the road a little bit only because I tell every client, when you sign this, it's not you're committing to us. I'm signing it as well. And my team is committing to you. And there's a lot of resources, Luke, like you were saying, it's not just my team. It's our knowledge. It's our trades knowledges that we are going to pour into this because now you're paying for a service that we are saying we are we are good at and that we can deliver. And there's a lot of effort that goes into that. So we're also committing to you. Um, for me, pre-construction is also a client, you know, they're, they're, we'll get to a point in pre-construction where they're also committing to signing on the, the job. It's not right up front, but later they're saying, we want to start in our project about this time frame, And then we have to talk about, do we lock in a project manager? You know, can we take that on in our schedule? And what does that look like? So these are all conversations we're having in the beginning um, that will then kind of keep evolving as the scope of work evolves. Um, but that's, I, I try to keep pre-construction a little bit, like almost I tell every client, like I'm just, I'm really protecting it. It's a serious thing for us. I'm not in the market to sign a bunch of pre It's not really about the money for us. You know, there is a fee for it. The fee is 100% based on, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's really how serious is this client about working with us? You're asking for a commitment. I am. Because yeah. you're making a commitment. I am, I'm, yeah, we're taking it seriously. So if they're, if they're willing to put some, and for a lot of people, they get more serious when money enters the equation. Mm -hmm. They have no problem saying, I'll meet with you. You know, I'll, I'll do this and that, let you keep doing it. But the moment we're saying, are you willing to put money down on this that you don't get back? You know, um, 
for, for a long time, introducing the pre-construction agreement into our market, it was a, hey, we'll do this, and then it gets applied to your contract if you go to contract. If you don't, then we just part ways. Um, I ultimately realized we were spending so much time in pre-construction. We were really fully designing houses that it was just like we were losing a lot of money. Um, and it was actually preventing us from doing other pre-constructions and doing other work. So the pre-construction service now, I try to be competitive with it. I try not to penalize a client. It's a, I, I put an amount on there that's enough in my mind to get their, their commitment to us as well. Um, and if they're not willing to do that, again, like we've talked about this before, it's a great indicator to realize, you know what, maybe this isn't that serious of a project for them. And, and they're not ready to make that commitment, which means we don't need to actually direct all of our resources to this yet. Um, so it's a great way for us to kind of say, hey, like maybe this will work, but right now it doesn't. So let's just give it time. And I'm, I'm the, I push, I tell every, you know, if we're, I don't mind if I'm the first or the last one they're interviewing, I tell every client, if you haven't met with other builders, go meet with them. Go meet with as many as you can, in my opinion, because there's only, the more you meet, the more you're going to figure out who you really trust and who you want to work with. The more you're going to come back and, to me. And a lot of times it's, it's the, <laughs> I might, we might have some strategy, like in terms of like, I just, I, I love that I can feel so confident about our process and about my team and who's going to be interacting with our clients. I just get to, I get to talk about the people that make up our team, which ultimately, if I had to pick, I'd love to be first, you know, in, in the line of interview, because I, I love the fact that I, I will say like, talk to your builder, like find out, hey, what is your fee? You know, like, how do you determine your fee? What's your management fee? Like, do you do X, Y, do you acclimate your homes with temporary heating and cooling services? And like, I kind of prime the pump for them to ask other people in our market. And if the answer is like, man, they don't do this and they don't do this. It seems like we really want to use this guy. Like maybe we need to commit, like maybe we need to like trust that there's a reason for this, this investment. Yeah. There's a lot of times that that first even initial phone call, you can almost prime them for that as well. Because if that initial phone call is to you, they're calling somebody else, maybe even that same day or the next phone call. Yep. And so within that first phone call, you can start to prime that pump as well. Yes. Ask the questions and, you know, present those questions and um, offer, you know, and talk about the pre-construction, but obviously not enter into that. But yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. Um, yeah, we've been doing pre-construction for, I don't know, a couple of years now. And it's certainly changed. But from a practical standpoint, we take a small deposit up front and then we, you know, just draw off that deposit. But then we just bill hourly yeah. um, from a very practical uh, perspective. All our subs, trades, if they're putting time and effort into developing estimates or quotes themselves, I say, you know, send me a bill of some sort for, mm -hmm. for that time yeah. to compensate you. And our owners have been great. You know, our clients that we work with have been awesome. And it's generally pre-construction starts very early on. They don't even have a home developed or anything. They, they barely have a team. And so that's why pre-construction is very important for us because it can be up to a year process. Yeah. And we're in all of those OAC meetings with owner, architect, contract. I mean, it's, it's a very long drawn out process and a great way to build the team and a great way to lay that foundation very early on for a successful project, I think. Um, it's been fantastic for you, you say something I think that's really important. Um, you know, taking care of our trades is a huge yeah. part. So even as you're talking to your, your trades and, and that you're working with, of like, you guys can bill me for the time that yeah. we're investing in this. Um, I think it's a, gr it's a it's another great way to find out who are you potentially working with in this client. You know, we tell our clients like, this is how we make a living. Like, I'm charging you. We're not doing this for free. Our electricians, they're not doing this for free. Like, they need to make a living. And there are some there are some people, there are some clients that are out there that they want it. They don't want to pay for that. You know, like, I think we should be doing that for free. Like, you know, or if we don't have to pay them, I don't want to pay them. And we really try to educate about the team process. And I really am proud that we get to partner with clients that actually 
care about the whole team and the trades. And it's not a, for me, it'd be a red flag. If someone was like, well, hold on, like, do we, do we have to pay them? Or like, how about we just pay if, if they ask? Or I really, I really rather not, you know, then it's a, to me, it's, it's a, it's a good indicator of like, is this, is this going to be a problem throughout the process? Are we constantly going to be getting asked to like, you know, go back and review uh, an invoice? So like, Hey, maybe we can, can we, can we have them tighten their, you know, they're sharpen their pencil a little bit on this, or I've had that happen in the past. And I tell a client, no, like this was their, this is with the invoice right. it's for the work that's performed. I'm approving this. Um, we're not going back and asking them to do it for less. Like that's, you know, no one's asking you to work for less, you know, in, in whatever profession you have. Um, so it's another good way of upfront before we've entered into a contract of what is it like working with this, with this particular client? So that's the, that's the perfect sentence. What is it like working with this client? I think that we have such an opportunity to date the client, as we were talking about, that you can get to know the people, you can get to know what's important to them, you can suss out where you're supposed to be headed with their project. Uh, we're kind of in the same boat as, as you, Jackson. We, for a long time, returned it if we were going to build the house. Mm-hmm. And then I had an assessment of our books, and I realized that if our pre-con agreements were going to make up about 10% of our company revenue, not charging for that was a 20% ding because I wasn't getting the 10 that I should have been billing and I was giving back the time that I should have been. So there's a, there's a large swing there for add 20% to your bottom line. Did your company get more profitable this year just because you're charging for pre-con now? And I realized that when we talk about all these things, we're saying, you know, we're, we're building custom homes in, in good markets that support what we do as builders. And that doesn't apply equally to everybody that might be listening. But I, not, I don't think any of us started out where we are right now. I think we all built from something else. And I think that this isn't an ending point for us either. I think our, our methods will continue to improve. Our methods and our, maybe our opinions on things will change. And I think as of right now, the, the pre-con agreement for us there is a bottom line revenue number attached to it. There is the dating of clients attached to it. But all those things aside, if you just go, oh, I have a lot more time to plan the project. I have a lot better opportunity to sit with the plans and not feel like I should be working on something else because I'm losing money by sitting here. It, it's a game changer, I think. The second you feel as if you're being paid for planning or you are being paid as planning, I should say, paid for planning, that's a, that's a game changer for opportunity for success from there forward we i think of it as it's the point where the the game is won or lost yeah early feedback uh amongst the project team how in your experience has that been received by some of the other professionals we work with uh in terms of interior designers engineers architects have you experienced any friction with that or objection to it like kind of getting to object or inject rather your perspective early on in the mix? Depends entirely on the team that you're working with. Yeah. I have an architect that I work with a lot that you guys know. That's one of the co-hosts of the podcast. Uh, there is absolutely no problem in the pre-con with him. We can work through things. He's got my back. He knows what we charge. So the second the client wants to make a change, he can go, hey, just so you know, I, you just added X numbers to the, to the project. In real time, before I move any lines on the CAD drawing, I need you to know that you move numbers. There are obviously architects that have a completely different opinion, and we run into uh, would you know the the architect is the one that's supposed to be doing the design work. The builder should be worried about the actual part after the 
plans are done. And I'm always like, that's not how it works though. You don't have water management considered in your plans and I can't apply water management to a house that has no overhangs or no window flashing. You know, there's things like that. So there's pushback based on personality. I feel that the, the quality professionals that we work with the most are easily swayed to this process and easily see a value in it. I agree. It's definitely becoming the norm on all of our projects. Mm-hmm. The collaboration, the mm-hmm. collaborative effort, moving forward as a team um, is definitely the direction that we move in all of our projects. Um, architects we work with are very receptive. I mean, I'm not going to go in there and tell them how to mm-hmm. do his job, obviously. Mm-hmm. The architects don't like that, but um, really? collaboration, yeah. <laughs> um, but the collaboration um, is certainly appreciated with most of the teams that we work with. Segwaying that into um, kind of staffing company organizational structure. When you onboard a client, let's just call it, through a pre-construction services agreement, what, is that, what does that pathway look like for them within your own company? Are they getting assigned a project manager uh, who's kind of, uh, who's leading the pre-construction? How does that transition into your construction operations once the project takes, takes off? Um, for my company, it's heavily on me. Um, so I, I take a lot of the ownership for interviewing clients, deciding if this going to be a good fit you know, for the company. Um, I will, you know, some of my team members, we have an on-staff designer um, that will sit in on some of those meetings. I also, I'm very optimistic. I, can, I try to see the best in everyone. And so for me, part of that process is I want a prospective client to meet our team. Um, the more they meet, the, the more better picture they get of what it's like working with us. I also like to have that other voice that when we're actually discussing this after a meeting, I have someone that can also just kind of just bounce ideas off of and say, Jackson, like, did you not pick up on this? Or mm-hmm. we need to be mindful of this. I'm not sure if we can deliver, you know, this and this in this way. So I, I try to have another set of eyes and ears during that process with me. Um, and then as for we, if we sign a pre-construction in that process, I am really spearheading that in terms of the, you know, I'm present for the meetings with the architect, the designer, where if there's not a designer, we're advocating to get that person on board as quickly as possible. Sometimes we were the very first one on the team signed. And it's like, let's assemble this team. We're a very pro team, you know, builder, architect, designer, client. Um, of course, there's plenty more to come after that with land. I mean, I think there's places for landscape architects and engineers and all this. But um, so I, I'm very much present in that because that job is not a contract yet. I still feel the the significant ownership of vetting that and making sure that you know my I'm putting my stamp on this is a project we're taking on. It's also my chance to really just hammer in our process and you know like we talked about earlier, this is like dating almost. And so I know my team knows our process and our policies and how we operate. It's my job to really educate our clients and the design team on this is how this is going to work. So there are no surprises when we do go to contract. So I really run the, the pre-construction side for, for our side, the, the pricing, the estimating involved in that. I like to just know that, frankly, that's on me. Like if, 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 if I've missed something, that's on me. So that's, I mean, we're roughly the same way and it's a scale thing. We're not big enough to have full-time design members in, in-house. And while I only, I only have one project manager in Columbia and one project manager in Kansas City, so if they're already running something, it's hard to onboard something else. Mm-hmm. However, I had a conversation with our senior project manager in Columbia, and he pointed out that it should be the same amount of money invested to figure those things out in pre-con. Then once we're on the job and we're going, which is the entire process of pre-con, 
but bringing him into the pre-con side sooner uh, would probably expedite some of the things in the future. And so now we're trying to figure out how to sell that that value change. So our pre-con is going to have to be more expensive because there's going to be more front-end time invested than what we have been already. That's a that's a new conundrum that we have is mm-hmm. we doing in-house drawings or we doing selections that are more intricate, all those things. In our, in our structure of um, pre-construction services, we have uh, design reviews. We have uh, what we refer to as gut checks. So there's periodic, like we're going to put a little bit of pricing and forethought into what's happening here. Has it gotten out of control? Uh, how do we re- rein that in? Uh, we have um, engineering services if we need to get structural engineer or a soil engineer or somebody involved. Uh, we're, we're taking care of all of the, well, we need to talk to the municipality and make sure that this is going to fly before we start putting in that design. We're researching any of the products that are unknown. And then we're creating scope of work. So you might get a 25 or 30 page set of plans or 500 page set of plans that it still doesn't have everything you need in it. It doesn't say what kind of outlet. Outlet. It doesn't say how many necessarily, or it doesn't spec what the membrane under the sub or under the uh, the flooring needs to be. Well, but I can't get a price that's accurate and reliable from a subcontractor without knowing all those details. So we have kind of almost like an appendix that goes with the plans for a scope of work that we create that on a. 1700 square foot house might be 45 pages worth of stuff. Yeah. I don't have to send that to every sub. I can clip out, here's the framing part and just send that to the framer. I can clip part of the framing part and the cabinet specs and send that to the cabinet guy. And then the cabinet guy knows, oh, we'll have blocking behind everything. Mm-hmm. Or all the, all the shower walls have uh, OSB behind them so that we can put grab bars wherever the heck we want. So they know that they can, the tile guys can then just tile and do whatever when the, all those things that we're trying to sort out get us to a point where the proposal number that we're getting paid for in the scope of work is now accurate and reliable and something that I can have faith in rather than, well, it's going to be between X and Y, and those, there's a million-dollar spread between those items. So all that said, um, the value that that brings to a potential client is quite substantial. And so we were just talking about it, but I mean, it's just, you know, homeowners looking for a builder, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't do a pre-construction agreement or service. I think it's advantageous for sure to be looking for somebody who has that pre-construction service alongside, as long as it's bringing value. Um, and obviously you've done your interviews, but um, yeah, the, the ability for your builder to develop all of what you just said um, for I don't know, a few thousand bucks or something at the beginning of a project. Yeah, for one percent or two percent of the project cost. Yeah. So I always bill it to to homeowners as this is absolutely money that's going to have to be spent on the project. Mm -hmm. We can either spend it now and be more informed, or we can pay three guys in tool bags to figure it out once the frame starts. One of them's probably going to be a little cheaper, and it's me sitting in an office or an architect and I sitting in an office arguing over how we're going to do it rather than myself, three carpenters on the phone, FaceTiming the architect going, no, it's not going to work like that. And we're going to have a change order here. And it, like, it's going to all have to be figured out to build the house. Everything that we're including is stuff that we need to know. Let's sort it out now. 
I use an analogy sometimes with clients. It's like the start of a sailboat race, which if you're not familiar, there's essentially a clock that counts down. There's a starting line and everyone's jockeying for a position. You're trimming your sails, you're adjusting, you know, your speed and bearing. And the idea is that you want to cross that starting line when the clock hits zero and you're on your full heading on your course, full sail, heading in the right direction. And so the only way, in my opinion, to run a construction project that way is to basically spend that time as the clock is counting down, jockeying for position. And it's really difficult to do without your full project team together. So you can kind of state in those terms and say, when you get your building permit, you know, because oftentimes pre-construction is running in parallel with the permitting process, that's equivalent to this clock counting down. We need to have all of our ducks in a row so we get that building permit in hand and we are off to the races. Smooth, efficient, unbroken construction sequence, start to finish. Have you ever done it to where the clock has hit zero, but you're saying, hold on a sec, we don't have everything in order. I'm not ready to you know, cross that line. So yes, in short, um, you know, a, a lot of times interior design drawings might not be fully completed, which can have a large impact on the volatility of a budget. I might have all the like construction drawings I need in place to break ground. Uh, and what I'll, like in an ideal world, I want to have all the information, all the discussions, everything solved and determined up front. It's maybe a little unrealistic to think that that's 100% achievable every single time. Or if you have them thinking that they're not going to change. Correct. You might have them. Correct. But <laughs> or all the decisions are made. Yeah. So at a minimum, what I'll do with a client is to just give them that gut check, or maybe gut check's not the right word, but just reset conversation to say, hey, we're basically ready to head into construction. We've got the construction documents. We're missing these elements. So you have to understand that your budget and timeline is variable and can fluctuate to a certain degree until we solve these things. A lot of these scopes of work aren't going to come for many, many months down the road. So we still have plenty of time to figure it out, but it is in our best interest to continue solving them as soon as possible. We do not want to let up because it will be here before you know it. Uh, not to mention how many segments of a construction process that even though it's extremely far down the road need to be accounted for way in the front. You know, you need to have your reflected ceiling plane figured out when we're joisting the floor. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be placing floor joists where you've got this light fixture that's supposed to be. So even though we're not going to be installing lights for six months down the road, we need to figure that out way up front. So in short, um, yes, I, I definitely, I, I would say it's probably rare that I have everything in order before heading into the construction process. But you're always trying to achieve that. And I would, I would probably say you guys are all on the same page. I'm Jake Bruton with Aero Building, and I want to say thanks to my co-hosts of the Builder uh, Business Roundtable this time around. And I really want to say thanks to our sponsor, Huber Engineered Woods. They're the makers of Zip System and Advantech and ZipR and Zip Tape and the whole system. Uh, and I think that they were a easy partnership for this roundtable discussion because we talk about how all of our systems play well together, how we're focused on energy efficiency and durability and managing our risk long term. And I can't think of another manufacturer that really encompasses all the same sort of building and business ideas that I have in, a, in an equipment, in a, in a process, in a system that we apply to our home. So we have to say huge thank you for Huber uh, for sponsoring the Builder Business Roundtable.